What is up, divers? Welcome in to the Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast, where I take a deep analytical look at fantasy football and combine it with a common sense approach to lead us to some titles. I'm your host, Brandon Gabor, and before we get started, remember you can follow me on Twitter at Deep Dive FF, Instagram at Deep Dive Fantasy Football, and as always, check out the website, deepdivefantasyfootball.com, which is always popping during the offseason. With that being said, let's get to the content. What's up, divers? Welcome into Deep Dive Fantasy Football. We have made it. We have made it past quarterbacks and tight ends and the rookies coming in. And now we're going to be going over running backs. And then obviously after that, we will be doing receivers. But I'm probably going to go through maybe three episodes worth of running backs here. We're going to go over my top five right now. But I do my studies in groups of five. So it's very possible that the rankings will change. I'll keep you updated. But before we get in, to the running backs that we're going to talk about today. I have to credit the sources that help me get a better picture. As always, we're talking Draft Network, Sports Reference, PFF, Pro Football Network. Those are the big boys right there in the running backs for me. And when we're going over these guys, remember the age that I tell you is how old they will be when the NFL season starts on September 9th. With that said, let's get into it. We've got Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, right? That's the debate right now at RB1. Some people like to throw out some hot takes and have some other guy at their running back one spot, but it's pretty much 95% decided it's one of these two guys. And for me, it's Najee Harris, 6'2", 230 pounds, out of Alabama. He will be 23. That is one knock a lot of people like to throw out there is how much older he is than the rest of these running backs. But he will be age 23 when the season starts. His best season to date is... 1,466 rushing yards for an average of 5.8 yards per carry and 26 rushing touchdowns, 43 receptions, 425 receiving yards, and 4 receiving touchdowns for a total of a 30-touchdown season, and that was in 13 games this year, 2020. And for me, I saw a lot of good NFL comparisons on Twitter, but one that I had in mind before I even tweeted it out looking for everyone else's opinion and one that one or two people agreed with. For me, NFL comparison is Le'Veon Bell. All right, why? Well, you'll see once I go through the props and knocks. Let's start with the props. Najee Harris, he's a three down back. He's got great catching ability. He's got great size. If you remember, Le'Veon Bell is a bigger running back than most. He's got great strength. He's got good speed, if you consider how big he is, and he can carry a huge workload. He's extremely, extremely secure with the ball. Najee Harris, I believe, from what I could find, only had two fumbles in 718 touches. I know for sure when he got to the 600 touch mark, he was at two fumbles. I don't think he fumbled since then, and he had 718 to finish. So two fumbles in 718 touches, that's one Per over 350, that is amazing. Absolutely amazing. And it's even crazier if you consider how he runs the ball. He is just strong. He just runs people over. He's just, man, he is something. If you watch this guy, whoo, whoo, I'm excited. I'm excited to watch this guy get in the league. He's also got insane drive. He fights and fights and fights for those yards. He's got quick feet, kind of a Le'Veon Bell thing, right? Whether it's a tap 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 behind the line of scrimmage or it's a tap tap make you miss in the open field he's got some quick feet quick feet he's got some juke ability and he's got the whole bag of tricks he's got the spin he's got the stiff arm he's got the sidestep he's got the hurdle for my madden guys he's got the circle if you're playstation right i'm playstation he's got circle he's got triangle 
He's got, that's the hurdle, spin. He's got stiff arm, which I think is like R1. You get what I'm saying. He's got the whole bag of tricks. He bounces off of hits. He's a big dude. He can absorb good hits from linebackers if they're not completely wrapping him up and pulling him to the ground. He's got good vision, and he runs well between tackles and to the outside. So he's got pretty much everything. This is probably the best overall running back that you're going to see in this class once you consider catching pass blocking, vision, and overall running all together. So he's pretty good in all of those marks. And what are some knocks? He's lacking breakaway speed. Another thing that I think is kind of similar to Le'Veon Bell. When he sees that open field, he's not a Nick Chubb or a Saquon Barkley or somebody that's just taking it the distance. He will get caught, most likely than not, just like Le'Veon Bell did a lot. He lacks a different gear or like a second level burst. He's got some decent bursts in the beginning, not insane, but you know, he doesn't have that finishing speed and he doesn't have that second level where if he breaks through that front line on the defense and gets the to the corner secondary linebacker level that he could just hit that second gear that he doesn't have that. He doesn't play as physical as he could considering he is 6'2", 230. He could definitely play more physical. And lastly, the other knock, which we already talked about, is that he will be 23 to start his career for dynasty guys that they're looking at that and they're not too happy about it. But most of these guys are 22, so it's a one-year difference, not too big of a deal. So what's the fantasy takeaway? Najee Harris, to me, he might not even make it out the first round, right? But even if he does, he won't make it past the top 40 if we're talking about NFL draft and possible landing spots. So that means he's going to be drafted if he's drafted highly, which obviously he will be. He's a great prospect. He's going to be selected by one of these teams, all right? And remember these teams going forward for the other running backs because this is probably going to be the only possible landing spots for the top three, four running backs taken off the board. We've got the Dolphins, the Jets, the Falcons, the 49ers, the Cardinals, the Steelers, the Bills, and my very own Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Hoping the Buccaneers don't go that route and don't spend that high of draft capital on the running back, but depending on who's there left on the board, I wouldn't hate it. But let's talk about these situations real quick because... They will apply to all these running backs moving forward. Dolphins, if somebody is drafted to the Dolphins inside the top 40 with one of their first round picks or their high second round pick, or I, I think actually don't know how high their second round pick is, but if they get somebody pretty early, right, he's probably going to be carrying the workload. They're not going to spend a first rounder or a second rounder on a running back if Gaskin is still going to pull in 40% of the work, 45% of the work. So, if they're spending a high draft capital pick, which is the only reason I think they would take a running back is if they're trying to go all the way for the ceiling, then that's going to be a pretty good landing spot because I expect them to add receivers, whether free agency or the draft or both for Tua, possibly some O-linemen. So they're going to have a much better offense next year. I like that spot if they spend high draft capital on a Najee Harris or some guys we're going to talk about later. What about the Jets? The Jets initially, ah, not a good landing spot, right? But they've got the run grader, Makai Becton. They've got a coaching staff now that knows how to run the ball and likes defense with Robert Sala and Michael Floor there from San Fran, right? So that's a conducive situation. If they try to run the team in a similar way to San, San Francisco, that's a conducive situation to running backs. Plus, you got to think that they're going to be taking a quarterback at two. If they take fields and then pair him with a running back like Najee Harris, ooh, I like that. I like that situation because he's going to get mad touches. There's not much there in New York to make a RBBC, running back by committee for those who are not familiar. And then we've got the Atlanta Falcons. They just got Arthur Smith. That's a great situation as well because we saw how good Derrick Henry was and Najee Harris is very, very similar to Derrick Henry. Just add some receiving 
ability. So that would be an amazing situation, possibly the best situation. Then the 49ers, we know what they do with their running backs. The Cardinals, because they're going to have a high-flying offense if they spend a pick on, honestly, a running back, even if it's not in the first two rounds and they don't continue moving forward with Kenyon Drake, that's going to be a nice situation. The Steelers, That'll be a good situation, but I don't think it's quite as good as everyone else does because that offense might be on the downturn. Juju's probably going to leave. Big Ben's probably going to be worse. So it'll be a little bit worse of a situation, I think, but it'll still be really good. Then the Bills, if they spend a high pick, ooh, that's going to be nice. And then the Buccaneers, if they spend it a high pick as well, that means that, you know, that person's taking the reins from Rojo and Fournette. Fournette probably wouldn't be there if they're drafting somebody that highly. So that's a nice situation too in a high-flying offense with a good offensive line. All of that said... Any place that Najee Harris could land or any of these top guys would be a great spot. And for Najee Harris specifically, it would probably make him a top 15 running back for redraft, top 12 running back for dynasty. Because we're looking at a guy who has potential to lead the running back position in the NFL in touches and he has receiving upside. So give me all the Najee Harris. He is my number one. And you got to look at him and be like, this guy's getting mad touches. And that's going to be awesome. Now, at running back two, that brings us to other guy in the debate between RB1, Travis Etienne. He's 5'10", 205 pounds from Clemson. He is or will be 22 when the season starts. His best season to date, 1,614 rushing yards for a 7.8 average and 19 rush touchdowns and 37 receptions, 432 receiving yards and four touchdowns. That's in 15 games, so 24 touchdowns total. That was not this year, but 2019. And my NFL comparison for Travis Etienne is Chris Johnson. He's got elite speed, elite speed. Now, not Chris Johnson's speed. Nobody's got that speed except for John Ross. But that guy's never on the field, so that doesn't even matter. But Travis Etienne, he's got elite speed. He's got home run ability. I'm expecting four threes for Travis Etienne in the 40. Probably four three six, four three seven. But he's got great speed. He's got great burst. He's got acceleration. All that adds to the home run possibilities with Etienne that lead to so much fantasy points. He's got contact balance. That's what I love. And some people like to compare him to Alvin Kamara. And I think that's where... That comparison can make sense because Kamara, he takes so many hits, his body goes in so many directions, and he lands on his feet like a cat. That's contact balance, and that's what Travis Etienne shows. He runs with power. You could make the argument he runs with more power than Najee Harris despite being smaller. He just runs more physically. He's a vertical runner, so he doesn't screw around, right? He's not somebody who's going to take chances, dance, 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 dance behind the back of the line of scrimmage, and then just try and get a big play. He will... Just take that one cut and he will go. And because he's physical, because he runs with power, because he has contact balance, he's getting positive yards almost every time. He can also bounce runs outside. That's obvious because he has really good speed. And most speedy runners, guys with vertical speed and burst, love taking it to the outside, especially in college. But I think that will translate well for ETN specifically because of how, like, how much of an elite athlete he is for the NFL. And then he's really twitchy. It helps him avoid straight on hits. And when you're moving super fast and you run powerfully and you have contact balance and you're twitchy and you're not getting hit straight on, it's very easy to break tackles. It's very easy to get yards after contact. And for me, because of the twitchiness combined with all the other things I just mentioned, that's what makes me feel safe about Travis Etienne moving forward and being projectable in the NFL as somebody who will actually continue to be good through tackles because some guys they break mad tackles in college 
but then they get to the NFL level and all those guys are tackling them because it's a completely different level of competition. I think ETN will surpass that, and I think he'll push through that barrier. Now let's talk about some knocks for ETN. He's not great in pass protection. His vision is not bad, but it could be improved, and he needs to be more patient to hit holes sometimes. Remember how I said he just goes. Usually that's a good thing, but sometimes a big hole will open up if he's patient, and when you lack that patience, that hole does not open up fast enough, and then you don't get as good of an opportunity to move down the field as you could have if you were a little more patient. So that's the other knock for him. But let's talk about fantasy. He is a slight hair behind Najee Harris for me, and it's the biggest reason is the touch difference that I see for these guys. Najee Harris is going to be probably drafted first. Even if not, he's probably getting way more touches in the NFL, at least to start, but most likely for his whole career on average, than Travis Etienne because he's a great receiver too, like Etienne is also a very good receiver, but he has the body that takes on a lot more carries. So, and Najee is also somebody who's likely to see more red zone work and more volume in general, like I said. So Etienne will be awesome for fantasy. Don't get me wrong. I love him. That's why he's my RB2. And he's probably going to have a lot more long runs than Najee Harris. And that's going to completely make some days in fantasy. He's going to have huge boom weeks. And if he gets in that 15 carry per game range, he's probably a top 12 running back as well. But that's assuming he gets used as a receiver, which is what his skill set suggests. But it's a dangerous assumption because sometimes we have guys come out like Clyde this year, Josh Jacobs from Alabama. We have guys come out that look like they're going to be used as receivers and then they are not, which is part of the reason why situation does matter. Everyone says just draft talent, just draft talent on Twitter. But guess what, guys? You still have to consider situation. Now, I'm not saying situation matters more than talent, but we have to have to consider situation always, especially schemes and coaching staffs. But anyways, with that said, that's Travis Etienne. He's my running back too. I like him a lot as well. Javante Williams, or Javonta Williams, however it's said, 5'10", 220 pounds out of North Carolina. He's a younger one. Remember, Najee Harris was 23. Travis Etienne will be 22. And Javante Williams, when the season starts, will be 21. And his best season to date, he was in a running back by committee, and he still put up great numbers, 1,140 rushing yards, 7.3 average for 19 rush touchdowns, 25 carries, or sorry, 25 receptions, 305 receiving yards, three receiving touchdowns. That's a total of 22 touchdowns in an offense that used two running backs a lot, one of whom we will be talking about later. He did all that in 11 games this year in 2020. And my NFL comparison for him is somebody that I have not heard him compared to once. And we might start to see it now a little bit because I think once I threw out my comparison on Twitter, a few people liked it. But Doug Martin is my comparison for Javonta Williams. And it's easy for me to think of, obviously, because I'm a Bucks fan. So when I was watching him, I was like, man, this kind of looks like Doug Martin. And don't get me wrong, that is not a slight by any means. Yes, Doug Martin's out of the league, and yes, he didn't have a long career. But when he was good, he was good. His rookie season was over 1,200 rushing yards. I believe he was in double digits for touchdowns. He had a 254 touchdown game, 250 yard game in his rookie season versus the Raiders, I believe. Either Raiders or Cowboys. I think it was the Raiders. And it's been a while. It was 2012. But Doug Martin was great for fantasy, and he was the number one overall pick after his rookie year. Javonta Williams is somebody that reminds me of him. He shrugs off tackles. He's one of the best at forcing missed tackles in this class. He has really good contact bounce, not as good as Travis Etienne. He's the best in this um, in this class for me at that trait, but 
Javante Williams is probably second best at contact balance. He's got sneaky speed considering his build. He's got reliable hands. A lot of these running backs in this draft class have good hands, which is nice because especially as a Bucks fan, we need some receiving help. But every team is looking for that running back that can catch that is also a good runner. It's We're getting to the point in the NFL where there's so much talent at running back, you have to be able to catch to be reliable for fantasy, to even be usable in fantasy because not only are there so many talented guys that can also catch the ball at the running back position, but most of them can actually run the ball now too. There's not so many teams that need a James White anymore or need a Tariq Cohen that need that guy that can just be the receiving part of a tandem and aren't good at running. Most teams are looking for somebody that does both. So the fact that we have Harris and Etienne and now Javonta Williams in this class that can all do that, it's awesome. And they're all going to be really good for fantasy. So after the sneaky speed and reliable hands, he hits defenders. He doesn't just brush off hits. He hits the defender. And I love to see that. Super aggressive. That's a great trait to have going into the NFL. He's a B-plus athlete, which considering his size, you know, he's pretty short and stocky, 5'10", 220. I think, what is that? Travis Etienne is 205, and Najee Harris is 230, but has got four inches more on him. So, so far, he's the stockiest build of these guys. And Having good athletic traits to go with that is awesome. He's good in pass protection. He takes really good angles on defenders. He's got good vision. He's got good burst. And according to PFF, he's the best ranked running back this year. This season actually was the highest rushing graded season of the PFF college era ever at 95.9 out of 100. That's insane. Let's talk about some knocks, right? No prospect is perfect. Obviously, he's got to have some if he's my running back three. So for a chance at a longer career for me, I think he should drop weight a little bit. We just talked about how stocky he is and why, you know? Well, a lot of guys to me in his height weight range had shorter career arcs. Like we talked about, Doug Martin, great in the beginning, fell off quickly. Another guy in that same type of height to weight ratio that runs very similarly, Alfred Morris, great start fell off quickly. So we have so many running backs that, you know, were this stocky build that were somewhat athletic, but not crazy athleticism, nothing to make them a difference maker in terms of like elite speed or something like that. So for me, if he drops weight, I like him even more, especially because he does have receiving ability. So he will be an even better receiver in that aspect because he'll be able to move quicker and have better acceleration. But nevertheless, I like him either way. But that's just one knock that you can look at when you're comparing a whole bunch of great players, right? Is that I think he should probably drop a little bit of weight. He also had some lapses in consistency with his pass blocking, but he's one of the better running backs at it. And that's pretty much it. He doesn't have too many knocks. It's just he's more limited than Najee Harris and Travis Etienne. The ceiling of the first two guys, Harris because of his size and strength, and Travis Etienne because of his speed, give both of those guys much higher ceilings than Javonta Williams. But We have a running back here that's a three-down back, and he also can pass block, which is going to get him on the field, which, by the way, that was another thing I wanted to mention. I forgot. Travis Etienne, because he's not great at pass blocking, it's another reason I like Najee Harris. It's probably going to be harder for for Travis Etienne to get on the field very quickly. So that's another thing there for him. But with pass blocking ability for Javonta Williams, that's going to help him be on the field. I think he might have the quickest start of all the rookie running backs if all else is equal. Like if we said they all went to the same situation and whatnot, I would say that Javonte Williams would have the best first few games. So that's going to be nice. And he's great after contact, which translates well to the NFL. All of these things are going to get him on the field. And 
they're going to make him have a similar output, in my opinion, to what Doug Martin did for fantasy, which was awesome. And he's got similar skill set, probably will have a similar role. So he'll probably be in like the 30-ish range of receptions, like 20 to 35-ish range of receptions. But I expect him to get a lot of carries as long as he's drafted high and goes to a team that is not trying to employ a committee. Now let's talk about running back four. So a lot of people here have the other person who played with Javonta Williams. I do not. I have Kenneth Gainwell, 5'11", 191 pounds from Memphis. He will be 22 when the season starts. His best season to date is 1,459 rushing yards for an average of 6.3, 13 rush touchdowns, 51 receptions. Listen to this. 51 receptions, 610 receiving yards, 3 receiving touchdowns in 14 games. It's a total of 16 touchdowns. This all happened in... Uh, I have 2020 here, but I'm pretty sure he opted out, so that's just a typo. 2019, um, his NFL comparison for me is Tony Pollard. Yes, another Memphis running back. I did not do that on purpose. You'll see why. The bi- The biggest thing for Kenneth Gainwell is his receiving. He is a great receiver, and he can actually be deployed as a receiver. When we talk about running backs and say they're great receivers, it's usually because they can catch the ball well, and you know they'll come out of the backfield and be good dump-off options. But Kenneth Gainwell is more in the likes of like a Christian McCaffrey, not to that level, but in a Christian McCaffrey or Alvin Kamara type where they are actually putting him out to run routes as a receiver. And they did that in college. He ran comeback routes. He ran back shoulder fades to perfection. He ran screens. He ran out of the slot. He's probably the best receiving back in this class. He might be. Uh, It's going to be close. It's going to be close, but he might be the best receiving back in this class. He bounces around a lot, which... I don't know. When I saw him, he kind of looked like a pinball bouncing around, which could be good, could be bad. We'll see. But I think it's good because it shows that he can stay on his feet. He's got some pretty good contact bounce as well. He's got decent long speed. I, I see a lot of people like talking about his long speed saying it's not that great. I think it's better than some of the other people people are propping up. So decent long speed. He's got a spin move. He's got potential for a featured role if he adds weight. So he's 5'11", 191. If he can get that 5'11", up to 200. Remember, I was talking Javante Williams is 5'10", 220. I want him to drop down a little bit. Well, I want Kenneth Gainwell. They should meet in the middle with each other. He should be about 5'11", 205. That would be absolutely perfect for Kenneth Gainwell. He could still keep his speed and his contact balance and everything. That would probably actually improve, and he could still be a great route runner. He wouldn't be too stocky or anything. So I think he should add some weight, but that would be a, a good pathway for him to have a featured role and he's got really good vision as well so what are some knocks he's a lighter guy as of right now he's easier to tackle because of it he's not physically imposing and he he probably won't get a big nfl workload but like i said he does have the potential for it so what's a fantasy takeaway for me here with kenneth daniel well as a quarterback in high school he's only played two years as a running back and much like the transition that Antonio Gibson made from Memphis that we just saw. Gainwell could be similar. Obviously at a less involved role than Gibson and with much less ceiling because he's much smaller than Gibson and not as good of an athlete, but Gainwell could be that guy who's getting 50, 60 receptions. If he lands in that perfect landing spot, 70 receptions. And as long as he's getting, you know, 10 carries a game, that would be a pretty nice combo for Kenneth Gainwell. So this is somebody I am definitely looking for landing spot if he lands somewhere nice i am all over kenneth gainwell now to finish out our five running backs for discussion we have michael carter he is 5'8 199 
from North Carolina with Javonta Williams. He will be 22 when the season starts. His best season to date was 1,245 rushing yards for an 8.0 average, 9 rushing touchdowns, 25 receptions, 267 receiving yards, and 2 receiving touchdowns. That's um, 11 touchdowns in 11 games. Frank Gore is my NFL comparison for Michael Carter. So he was somebody very hard for me to come up with a comp, but when I watched him, he wasn't really super athletic, but he's pretty good at brushing off tackles. He's got good vision. He's a good pass blocker. So I was like, man, this kind of seems like Frank Gore, which might seem like I'm praising this guy because Frank Gore has been awesome, but Frank Gore was never somebody that, at least as long as I've been playing fantasy, completely dominated a season and was a great running back. He was always consistent, pretty good, and he got a lot of volume and was like the only guy in his backfield. So that was usually why he was good. Michael Carter, I think, is going to be dependent on that volume. I don't think he's going to be nearly as good. Yes, he was technically more efficient than Javonta Williams in college, at least comparing their best seasons and rush average and whatnot. But when I watch him, it doesn't seem like it's going to translate as well. But let's talk about some props first before I start knocking him. He's a better pass blocker than Javonta. He's got lower upside to do it, though, because of his size. He's got better vision. He has a good sidestep. He's got good hands. He's nifty, but I'm not sure if that would translate because when he's making people miss, it's just barely. He's barely making people miss. A lot of times people are still getting their hand on him. He's got good decision making though. Now let's talk about some knocks. He's not a great athlete. He doesn't have long speed. Some people, this is what I was talking about earlier that people think has long speed and I don't agree with. It does not look like he's going to be breaking off many runs for a long distance in the NFL. I think he's going to get caught, and I think it's going to happen often. I don't think he's somebody that is a great athlete. He lacks explosion when, from what I see. And like I said, when he makes people miss, it's just barely. So when you're getting much better tacklers in the NFL, it could be a completely different story. So what's my fantasy takeaway for him? He is best suited as a secondary back in a committee. And with carries here and there, that's going to be nice, and he could be a receiving back, but he's not going to be great. He could function well in a role like that for Tampa, for example, with Ronald Jones being like the boom on the first and second down if we don't re-sign Fournette. And then Carter could be a good receiving back that Brady has been waiting for. But I don't see him being somebody who's going to ever have a featured role. So I'm a little bit out on Michael Carter. And yes, he's my running back five right now. But like I said, I do my study by groups of five. So once I do my next group of five, which we'll talk about soon, once I do my next group of five, then we will probably have a couple guys jump Michael Carter unless the rest of this running back class is just underwhelming because I'm not nearly as impressed so far as everyone else with Michael Carter. But with that said, we'll be right back. What's up, divers? Do you enjoy a good workout like me? Do you grind in the gym trying to get built? If so, then you probably know working out is only half the battle with the other half being nutrition. Well, luckily, you can go to BuiltBar.com and get protein bars, 100% daily vitamin packs that mix into your water. I use that all the time. Tastes great. You can get caffeine and protein mixed into one as a pre-workout gel pack. And all of these things help you turn your hard work in the gym into visible results. I use these products myself, and they are great. And I also have a promo code that helps both of us save 10% off with Deep Dive. That's Deep Dive to save 10% off at BuiltBar.com and on any of their products. And my favorite energy protein pack flavor, by the way, if you want to go that route, is the peanut butter honey. Also, if you enjoy the podcast, take a second to pause the podcast right here. That's right. Pause it right here. 
and drop me a rating or review. And if you're feeling super generous, you can choose to support the podcast monthly through the link on the episode page or found in the website podcast section. With that being said, as you know, let's get back to the content. All right, we're back, and I got to amend something that I said earlier. I made a slight mistake. I thought I, I thought I knew better, uh, and I just, I just went against it. So, Kenneth Gainwell was the guy that didn't play 2020. I knew I had one, uh, a mistake for one of them. It was actually Kenneth Gainwell, not Javonta Williams and Michael Carter. They did play 2020. That's what I thought. But when I was looking at the notes, I was like, ah, oh, I feel like I might have just messed them up. But yeah, Kenneth Gainwell was the one. So I did my study on all of them like within the same period, time period, so I just mixed them up. But Kenneth Gainwell is the one who, who missed because because he opted out. But with that said, we are going to talk about the next guys I'm going to go over, and then we will give you a quick recap. Jamar Jefferson is somebody I'm going to be having on the next podcast episode. Then Trey Sermon from Ohio State, somebody who came on pretty late but looked really good. Ramondre Stevenson. Chuba Hubbard, somebody who people regarded as a top two round running back last year, and then this year was kind of underwhelming, and then Jarrett Patterson from Buffalo. So those are going to be the five guys we go over next time. And now, I'm going to have a little fun with this, so don't judge me. Now we're going to go over the recap of the guys so far. Thank you for tuning in to the Discovery Channel. Now to continue and press on, we go over the top five running backs according to deep dive fantasy football. And to start, we move down south. Najee Harris, 6'2", and a monster of a man at 230 pounds, Alabama. His NFL comparison is Le'Veon Bell. Now, to continue, we don't have to move too far. We look to Clemson and find Travis Etienne standing pretty average at 5'10", 205, for running back two, with his NFL comparison being Chris Johnson. Then, at running back three, we're going to a stout ball of a beast that looks like a bowling ball on the field. Javonta Williams, 5'10", 220, from North Carolina. He will also be one of the youngest running backs, if not the youngest in this class, coming into the NFL. And his NFL comparison is Doug Martin. Then, we have... Kenneth Gainwell from Memphis, 5'11", 191 pounds. His NFL comparison, Tony Pollard with the potential to be a great receiving back and if he gets some size onto those bones, he can be even better. Lastly, to finish off, Michael Carter at 5'8", 199 pounds from the same desert as Javonta Williams in North Carolina. His NFL comparison is Frank Gore. Thank you for tuning in to Deep Dive Fantasy Football, and I'll catch you later.